0: Jim also recorded uh, with Boss Skaggs, um, Silk Degrees album, Harvey Mason, we mentioned the Blackbirds. Yeah, Lowdown. Narada Michael Walden, a lot of great drummers. Narada Michael Walden, Billy Cobham, uh, Stanley Clark on bass, George Duke, I think we mentioned, George Benson, Patrice Russian, Bill Withers, Herbie Hancock. Um, Can you maybe, like, touch on a few of those that kind of really stand out in your mind?
1: Well, Narda is a good friend, and he called me to sing on Whitney's first album and you know Whitney Houston's and he was also producing Gladys he was producing Aretha Franklin's Free Way of Love. I sang on that yeah. um, I sang so much in so many sessions it was ridiculous, man. I can't even remember half of them but uh. I think I've sang with most of the big artists <clears throat> at Motown, including the Temps, the Four Tops, Stevie, Gladys, um, Whitney Houston, Anita Baker. You know, I sang on her first album. Um, oh my goodness, I can't. I got old timers. I can't remember all of them, but yeah, I feel fun. really. You know, great about just being a singer.
0: Are there any sessions among those that maybe stand out because it was maybe really challenging to get it right? Or maybe it was a really long session? Or is there anything that kind of stands out? Maybe the power went out in the studio. I don't know, but something <laughs> that makes you go, oh, I'll never forget that particular one.
1: Well, I think one of the strangest sessions that I sang on was with Weather Report, Jaco Pastore. And it's like Jaco, they wrote music that never had like, you know how music sometimes has a key? Jaco never, they never had a key. You were just singing notes and notes and notes and notes. And 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 I was like, wow, this is strange. But I had, I had a ball working with Jocko and, and Weather Report. Um, you know, there were some other sessions that, you know, I guess when we did the, uh, the cartoon series, Goof Troop, my buddy Phil Perry sang the lead to that. And uh, I went in and that was fun. But I've had had a lot of fun going on the road with Phil Perry. Uh, James Taylor. Uh, Years ago, I even sang in the studio with Carol King. Mm -hmm. And I was a big fan. I went out and sang with Richard Carpenter Mm -hmm. a couple of times after Karen had passed. And um, they were one of my favorite groups of all time. I was in love with Karen Carpenter's voice. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I thought she had the prettiest voice literally of all time, just incredible. Hmm. But I've worked with so many different artists that, you know, I'm just in seventh heaven right now, just remembering some of them.
0: How, how do you kind of uh, shift gears so much? I mean, you gotta be so versatile, right? You go from, you know, pop to funk, to R&B, to jazz. How do you yeah. like switch gears like that and 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 sort of be such a chameleon?
1: Well, it was partially college because <clears throat> one day I got a phone call from Melissa Manchester and Dr. John. And Doc said, uh, man, could you come down here to the studio? I want to meet you. So I drive down to the studio and him and Melissa look at me and they said, Wait a minute. I thought you were white. You were on uh, Dolly Parton's album. I said, yeah, I sang with Dolly Parton. And I sang with Stella Parton. I sang country and western. <laughs> so I was shocked. I said, well, what did you want me, down here?" He said, I just wanted to meet you, man. You know, you sang on Dolly Parton's album. <laughs> and uh, I sang classical music. Uh, R and b, jazz. It was just uh, years of uh, singing in college because yes. we sang all kind of you know different genres and it really was great. Uh, out of all those, would you
0: say um, one style is the, is the most challenging?
1: The most challenging is probably, I would think, Classical music, it was really challenging, but it was actually, and now I take it back, it was actually easier than some of the um, jazz sessions, like the weather report session, Uh, but I enjoyed all of them. I just love music and it didn't matter that what, what style I got called to do, I was there to do it because I'm a strictly music lover. And I listen to classical music today. I listen to jazz, I listen to R&B. I listen to country and Western. I listen to everything. Well, Jim,
0: who is somebody, maybe a producer, um, who's sort of the most uh, demanding or was a a real perfectionist and just kind of like
1: whipped your butt? Um, I never had one. (laughs) You know, most people seem to have so much respect for me that they just kind of treated me special. And I even feel special uh, because I go usually now and sing on The Simpsons. And one day I was there singing on The Simpsons at 20th Century Fox. And the engineer gave me one of the biggest compliments. He says uh he had some of his friends there. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Jim Gilstrap. You know who he is? He's the legend. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I thought that was the biggest compliment because of working with, in all the different areas of music. And it's, it was such a wonderful compliment, man, just to say, call him, he'll sing anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> was there anyone that you uh, performed with that you were sort of surprised that they blew up as big as they did? I mean, we mentioned like Silk Degrees I'm thinking probably didn't expect that to be just such a gigantic hit. Um,
1: Well, there was one record that shocked me to death. And I was sight sight reading teaching to a young lady by the name of Cindy Heron. And she's In in the group in Vogue. And when I first heard she brought her record by, hold on to your love. I thought it was the worst record I'd ever heard. But I said, I better stop judging cause it's like six months later, it's the biggest record in the country. <laughs> so I said, don't judge music, just listen and just enjoy it. You know, and I've, I was never a fan of mary j blige mm-hmm. when she first came out but lately i've heard her sing, and she's knocking me out
0: i agree you know, with i i'm right with you on that yeah yeah
1: well i heard her singing on some tv show and she was all out of pitch mm-hmm. with the orchestra and i was like oh the poor girl <laughs> but lately she's developed such a sound that i enjoy it you mm. know Did so you i've learned uh, yeah. yeah yeah but i've learned not to judge anybody you know don't judge them uh listen and learn because that's that's what i'm still doing is listening and learning and i still enjoy everybody
0: Now, Jim, uh, we've mentioned a lot of these ladies already, but I mean, you've worked with Aretha, with Gladys, with uh, Patti, LaBelle, Anita Baker, Barbara Streisand, Linda Ronstadt, Roberta Flack. Um, Gosh, I mean, all these incredible, uh, the greatest female vocalists of like all time. What is it, is there something special beyond what we've talked about already with you and, and your vocals that really make you mesh well with these great female singers?
1: Well, my favorite singers are the female singers. You know, my one of my favorite singers is Dionne Warwick. Mm-hmm. When Dionne first started and Walk On By came out, I was in love <laughs> with that record. And I was also in love with uh Backrack and David, and I'm so glad I got to be friends with them. Um, But I just love the quality. Um, When I used to listen to The Miracles, I never listened to Smokey. I was listening to Claudette Robinson, and there was a quality in females' voices that I don't hear in male voices. And Claudette had a quality I thought was so incredible. And when I tell her now, nowadays, she probably thinks I'm hitting on her, but it's the, there's a quality in her voice that just, just wipes me out. And especially Brenda Holloway, uh, there's some quality in some of these female voices that just takes me to another level. You know, and I, I love female voices. Do you think it's
0: uh, that they just bring a certain of like vulnerability or something like that, that makes it a little
1: different? Well, I go for quality in voices and there's a smoothness. There's, um, there's a sound. One of my favorite voices is a young lady named Shantae Moore. Mm. When she sings, I get goose pimples. I think she's one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. Her and Sarita, you know. And I was crazy about Minnie Riperton. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many females, and probably the group of voices I love the most, they were the Andantes. You know who they were? Mm -hmm. They were the background singers at Motown. Uh, I remember a record called um, Ask the Lonely by the Four Tops. Okay. There are ladies singing on that, you know, and the quality in their voices, it's like, it just takes me to heaven, the Andantes. And we honored them at Heroes and Legends, which is a Motown show. And there was something about their voices I loved. And then there was a group called the Motown Blackberries. Out here, when the Motown moves from Detroit out here, they had another group of female singers. And they were called the Motown Blackberries and they sang on all the junior walkers hit records you know what does it take Mm -hmm. those ladies that sang and then there was another group of ladies that i was in love with that were at um the record label from uh, philadelphia you know they sang on uh one of my favorite singers is felipe but when he did sadie There's a group of ladies singing on that song. Just the quality in their voices its like I'm in heaven. I sit here and listen to them all the time.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Jim. How much of that is attributable to their singing versus the producer getting that vocal
1: sound? Basically, it's the quality in their voices. Some people are born, born with it. And they have such a quality that when they open their mouths, I get goose pimples. And that's what I look for when I li- listen to a record. I Most of the time, and I'm, believe it or not, my first favorite singers were the female white singers that were in like the 50s who sang behind Sarah Vaughan and all these other things. They had, I met one lady out here that I loved her so much, Lulie Jean Norman. I don't know you, I know you don't know who she is. Nah. But she sang on the Star Trek theme song. Oh, OK. Ah, yeah. And I mean, her voice used to wipe me out. But she used to sing on the dining Shore, Chevy show. And I loved her voice even then. There are singers out here now that it doesn't make, you know, to me it's not a racial thing, but I just love female voices. I guess because I'm a Scorpio and I love females, (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) but their voices knock me out and there's a whole bunch of Doris day I was in love with her voice mm-hmm. I still sit and listen to her
0: now did you ever get to do anything with uh, Shaka Khan um not really I've never worked with chaka I love Chaka's voice so. yeah she's my personal favorite but I that's the one person I, I can only person I can think of I didn't see on the list so
1: Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. No, I've never had the pleasure of working, working on her records. Anymore.
0: She's probably like in the 1%.
1: <laughs> just 1% is probably right. <laughs> but I love Chaka. She's a nice lady and a good friend.
0: Yeah. Um, so what are the keys uh, in your mind to being a, a successful Session singer, you know, if somebody with a decent voice came to you and said, "Jim, I want to try to do what you did," what would you say? What would be your advice?
1: Well, my advice was to, which I give to most of the singers nowadays, learn to read music. Because if you can't read music, you're you're stuck in one area of the business and a lot of my friends that are black out here they didn't learn to read music so when it came time to do tv commercials movies and uh stuff where you had to read they weren't there but i was Mm -hmm. so i tell them study you know you have to study in order to be good at what you do and also Uh, Make sure that you keep your pitch together. Uh, But I think mainly, you know, I look back at the days when I was auditioning for people and they loved the fact that I read music. And then a lot of the singers out here don't. Hmm.
0: Does it kill you, you know, that uh, nowadays with the auto tune? and the uh, things that are just overproduced. And, you know, does that frustrate you with the way a lot of today's music
1: is? Not, not really. I know there's there are things that are being auto-tuned, but anything that'll keep a singer in pitch doesn't bother me. <laughs> well, but sometimes it's a non-singer. <laughs> well, that's true. Sometimes it's a non-singer. But I don't mind, you know, there's all type of, uh, you know, creations in the music industry that really help not only singers, but musicians. So, you know, I'm all for it, you know, it's technology. Hmm. And I love technology. Do
0: you have a top memory or story from being out on the road somewhere? In all your years? Uh, special yeah. experience? Maybe it was maybe it was like a really big crowd. Maybe you met somebody, maybe uh, somebody fell off the stage,
1: whatever. Oh, I think when I was out with Quincy, Quincy's not a singer, right? So he he had me singing one of Marvin Gaye's tunes. uh my, <laughs> He came out one night on the stage and took the mic from me and I was supposed to sing the lead to it and he started singing it. And the audience looked at him like, what in the world? So he realized he wasn't sounding too good. So he came back, here's (laughs) Strapp. What got into him? Well, Quincy, wanted to you know he, he he wanted to make sure he was a star and i understand that you know but when you don't sing just do your instrumental thing and forget it you know he would he's not much of a singer so i mean that would be like me trying to uh play as good as uh, oscar peterson or somebody ain't gonna happen Because I'm no Oscar Peterson or Art Tatum. Uh, There's a keyboard player that I love. His name is Johnny Costa. Never heard of him, right? You ever watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? A little. And you remember the keyboard player that's playing on there? That's Johnny Costa. Okay. (laughs) He's so bad that he scares me. And it's like, also, there's a female by the name of Hazel Scott, who is one of my favorite keyboard players. And I think she was married to Adam Clayton Powell Jr. But she is one of the greatest keyboard players I've ever seen in my life. What's her claim to fame? Hmm?
0: What's her claim to fame?
1: Uh, She did movies with Lena Horne and people like that. Oh, okay. But... You know, her claim to fame is she would sit there and play two pianos at once. And I mean, just kill it. It was so bad that I, I, I was just knocked out to see a talented person like that. I'm so grateful that God put people like her, Art Tatum, Nat King Cole, people who played the keyboard so good because that's my favorite instrument. You know, I'm glad I'm a singer, but love keyboard players.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. When I think of keyboards, I mean I love Herbie Hancock and. Um, oh, Herbie's just incredible.
1: Um, Joe Sample,
0: Bernie Worrell.
1: Yeah, Ray Charles. Yeah, yeah. And one of my favorite was Dave Grusin. Yep. I love Dave Grusin. Bob and James bob james oh yeah david benoit patrice russian yeah my college classmate jerry peters he is incredible but i love keyboard players and i will continue to study this instrument the keyboard until i die
0: hmm.
1: i'll never reach the level of a johnny costa from uh, you know mr rogers neighborhood i'll never reach that level but i'm gonna Try to, that's the one thing I always try to do is continue to study no matter how long and how old I get. Cause that's the key to maintaining your status in the, in the business, just continue to study.
0: So would you say that you're more accomplished now say on the, on the, on the keyboard than you were 20 years ago?
1: Oh yeah, oh definitely. Because I can sit here now and play. I can sit here and do that and play. I can and I'm actually, I never learned to sight read on the keyboard, but I did as a singer. So I'm actually sitting here learning how to sight read on the keyboard. Hmm. I'm not gonna study, I'm not gonna stop studying until I end up in the hospital and I can't study. But the idea is to continue until I die. Yeah,
0: that's a
1: great, great attitude.
0: Got to. Yeah. Um, Who, who today uh, do you really like out there that's doing it I think you know you kind of mentioned a few people who are a little more contemporary but is there anyone else that's uh, relatively new to music that you are like hey I that I like that singer or that that person impresses me
1: well there are some singers that uh, I've seen even some of the ones on uh, the voice, there's some of them that are really incredible. And David, uh, what's his name? He has all these young singers that come out and they just, they sang classical music, they sing pop music. And some of the Disney singers, I've heard some great, great voices. You know, they still have them coming out and even keyboard players. I look on Facebook and I saw this little three-year-old Japanese girl and she was playing classical music like nobody's business. And I admire her because she's only three and she's already at a level where I'm still trying to get to. She's playing Bach, Beethoven and all that stuff. And I'm like, wow they scare me to death
0: well some people are are just touched by god like that
1: they literally are and i'm gonna continue to study and like i said until i i drop because i i love this instrument so much that i want to perfect it you know before i go and i still got keyboard players like stevie ray charles uh, even a guitar player, like uh, Jose Feliciano, and some of the greats on these instruments, I sit and watch them and learn. You know, I, I want to play everything uh, before I'm out of here. Well, never make it, but I'm I'm gonna give it a good college try. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Well, you you we mentioned him and you've worked with him. another fair guitar player is, is George Benson. so
1: oh, I love George. He's a good friend. yeah, amazing. I love George. I love my buddy Ray, Ray Parker, uh, Wawa. oh yeah you know all the and one of my what, what I think I probably admire the people I admire most were Nelson Riddle, Gene Page. Some of the Motown arrangers, because those songs wouldn't have been hit records without those arrangers. Mm -hmm. You know, so those are the guys that I admire. And Gene Page was one of the guys who did my records. And I love Gene, Gene and James Carmichael, who does Lionel Richie. Mm -hmm. But these are guys that I'd like to, you know, just give them their due. And especially Nelson Riddle. I love Nelson Riddle.
0: Yeah, that's going back a little.
1: <laughs> well, there was also a guy by the name of Mort Lindsay. I and remember I know the his, name. I know his I know his son Steve, and I, you know, but his dad was one of my favorite arrangers. And Don Costa, I mean, there were some great things, you know, great guys out here.
0: Well, you touched on something. I mean, I don't think people realize especially most lay people, I mean, how important the arranging is
1: to the... That's day. the most important part of it.
0: I mean, and the gift that some of those guys have, uh, yeah. like a lot of the people we've mentioned, Stevie, Quincy, um, Yeah. amazing, you know?
1: So I'm still learning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Jim, this show, as you know, is called Truth and Rhythm. So okay. I like i like to uh, ask and put you on the spot a little bit. Um, sure. Yeah, what 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 to you uh, brings you truth in the music that you do and you pursue? How do you know when it's true, the truth in the music?
1: Well, I think the truth in music is kind of a myth because there's so much music, and I hear people go, Yeah, that's, you know, years ago when I was at church, that's that's, that's the devil's music. And I used to tell my grandfather was a preacher, uh, how can you call that the devil's music? If you take away the lyrics from any song, how can you say any song is the devil's music? It's just music. You know, that's the truth of it, is the beauty that's in it. And, I think because I'm a studied singer and some of the musicians, I tend to not listen to uh, most of the stuff that's on R&B today. You know, because it doesn't. um... Thank you, Mrs. G, my Mm -hmm. wife. No, I'm still doing it. Hello. My wife says hello.
0: Hi, tell her I'll I'll let you go in ten or fifteen minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know, the it's the beauty of the music, and you know, I, most of the music that I would listen to doesn't have singers on it. It's the Henry Mancini's the nelson riddle albums uh because i admire musicians more than i do singers always have but the singers that i admire they have to have that quality in their voice or i'm not listening
0: Is it the musician thing because it's something that's not so easy to you as singing? Is, so you kind of really admire that a little bit more?
1: Well, music, musicians, um, they can play things that singers can't do, you know. Um, the quality in a singer's voice is what I go for. But musicians, it's the arrangers who knock me out. And the great musicians, like uh, when I heard um, Mr. Costa on um, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, just uh, the tech technic, technical parts of it where, he, where he's doing all the. I'm like, wow wish I could do that <laughs> but I admire them you know for their technique
0: you know it's amazing Jim as you come across these people I mean you've named a lot of people that are sort of like you know not exactly like se- center superstars or or big on the radar yeah. so many of so many of the greatest talents are not superstars or not they're not they're you know, not superstars. Yeah, and and I think of uh, when I was much younger, and I caught like Roy Clark on TV, like on uh, whatever show oh, that Rob was.
1: Yeah. I mean, Roy Clark was killing it. And yeah, like, Roy was incredible, man.
0: Yeah, and there's so yeah. many cats cats like that, you know that. Yeah. Uh, if you follow, you know, a certain genre of music, maybe you're blind to them,
1: you know. Well, I'm into the technicians and guys who have studied and they're the ones that I admire more than anybody. And especially people like Art Tatum Mm -hmm. and uh, Hazel Scott, uh, Oscar Peterson, oh my goodness. Uh, People who, you know, they really have things that nobody else has. So, you know, I just admire them and I, I wanna be like them.
0: You really? and me both. I mean, I can't even sing, so you can't you
1: know. <laughs> Well, I appreciate um, the great singers and people with that quality in their voice. And I studied from a young age trying to develop that quality. And I think I may have developed enough of it where it kept me working all these years. So that's,
0: that's me. How, how like calculated were you in sort of mapping out your career that way? I mean, did, did things just kind of fall into place or did you really like kick back and think, you know what, I got to make sure that I cover this space and do that. And you know, how, how planned was it versus just fell into place for you? Well,
1: I was always told to do what you love. And what I loved was when I was a teenager or even before then, I used to listen to the radio and I would hear groups like the Spinners, you know, and I remember one of the first tunes that I fell in love with was, that's what girls are made for. And that was a group called the Spinners. And the harmonies that they put in that song, um, it was like I might as they might as well have been a woman, you know. Even so, because I loved it so much that I started listening to every uh, you know every uh, song on the radio, and believe it or not. When I was a youngster, I fell in love with harmony. And that was being done by mostly the white singers. And, you know, they would do four parts, five parts, and just the blend of their voices together. Um, You know, when when I would listen to it, I was just in love. And I appreciated it and, and I knew That in in my career I had to do what I loved in order to succeed. So I love music.
0: Are you talking with the harmonies? Are you talking about things like mamas and papas, or even before that?
1: Oh, way before them. I'm going way back to the the 30s, the 20s. Oh gosh. (laughs) You know the Andrews Sisters, and Uh you know a lot of the singers that were. Doing you know the four freshmen, uh, the harmonies and stuff, not just three parts. And see, Motown was a letdown because they had the Supremes, but all they were doing was just two-part harmonies. Mm-hmm. And me, I wanted it fat. Give me some harmony. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it it helped me to work with Quincy Jones because he loved harmony too. You know, and that's my that's my thing is the harmony.
0: If Stevie Wonder, he would do all those vocal overdubs and do his own harmonies.
1: That's the way he was. That's why I admired him so much, because he would do all the parts by himself. And I sat here one day in my studio and did an entire choir by myself. The whole part, bass, soprano, alto, tenor. And I did the whole choir. And I changed my voice, the tone in it, to try it so it wouldn't sound like one voice and just tried to do a choir by myself. How'd it turn out? Oh, it turned out great. The Japanese people loved it because I did it for a company in Japan. Wow. Do you have recording equipment in your little studio there? Oh, yeah. I record on the Mac. Uh-huh. And um, now that I have so many different tracks, um, I started out with a uh, four-track, went to an eight-track, 16, 24, now the computer. So I can sit here and record anytime I want. I've written over 600 tunes. Wow. And I've recorded 60 of them with just me alone.
0: What are you going to do with them?
1: Well, I'm going to take some of my songs over to this publishing company that puts them in movies. And that's what I'm doing. And then there are other people. Lil' Anthony recorded some of my songs, four of my tunes on their last CD. OK. So I'm trying, you know, I I, I I, guess it was the influence of Stevie Wonder. Hmm. It was his influence. Do you still um, keep in touch with Stevie much nowadays? Uh, yeah, I keep more in touch with his brother Milton than I do him. Hmm. But I still see Steve, you know, I just saw him on Tuesday.
0: Um. Looking back, Jim, what would you say out of everything that you're most proud of?
1: Uh, I am most proud of my teaching. I teach two days a week at a school here in in LA. I teach piano, guitar and sight reading to young students and I feel And then on top of that, I feel more, I guess I was impressed with myself when I started helping singers, because I've been teaching sight reading for over 40 years, free of charge to any singer that wanted. Hmm. It wasn't about the money. And I was showing them what it took to be in my position. And there's no such thing as a click. It's people who study.
0: Have any of them gone on to pursue a music career? Oh, yeah. Uh There's a
1: lot of them working in the background singing world today.
0: Wow, that must feel great.
1: Well, I feel good about that because I wasn't greedy and I didn't care that much about money. Um, I just wanted to help others, you know, give back, yeah, give back to the community because I was a singer.
0: Do you have any regrets looking back on your career that maybe something you wish you had done or done differently? Not really, no regrets. That's how you want it. Yep. <laughs> and what, what, uh, what,
1: what is something that you'd still like to accomplish? Um, one thing I'd like to accomplish is learn how to play every instrument in the band. (laughs) (laughs) Have you tried horns and things like that? Yeah. You know, I'm recording the guitar, the piano, the bass, the drums, but I want to learn to play the trumpet, the saxophone, the, I want to learn to play it all. So I study. Do you
0: have any horns there?
1: No, not yet. But I'm about to get a trumpet and a saxophone and start learning.
0: Yeah, how's Mrs. G feel about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> she she goes, I don't see you that much. You're always studying. I go, well, that's my life, honey. I I have to study and. <laughs> You know, I can't help it. I just feel like a hungry person, but hungry for a knowledge of music. I know I'll never be able to do it all before I die, but I just feel hungry for it and I'm gonna keep going until I die.
0: Yeah, wow. I admire that,
1: Jim. <laughs> oh thanks. Man.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's very cool. Um You know, you see so many people that as they get older, they think, um, oh, that's kind of it for me, you know, and I've done what I'm gonna do and why do something new. So the fact that you're still doing that kind of thing is just fantastic.
1: Well, I feel great about the studying part of it. It's wonderful. Keeps me busy. Yeah.
0: So uh, tell the folks out there, um, you know, how they can keep up with what you're doing, that uh, show that you're involved with? Um, you know, are, are you doing performances now or upcoming or how can they uh, enjoy you and keep up with you?
1: Well, I'm, I'm in a group called The Originals. They were on Motown, uh, Baby I'm For Real, The Bells. And I sing with them and I've even done shows in Las Vegas. I went out and sang with the Funk Brothers. a hmm. guy by the name of Jack Ashford let me have most of those original Motown tracks. And I sit here and work with them and I do, I'll do shows every now and then with those tracks. You know, from My Girl to you name it, uh, all the old Motown songs. Uh, and especially the Four Tops and temp songs. But I've been to Vegas and done a hotel um, singing on tracks from Motown, because everybody still loves Motown. So. Mm-hmm. But I still go do stuff like that. And, and if James Taylor ever called me again to go out on the road with him, I'd go right right there. Mm-hmm. Love James Taylor. Well, it's great he's still doing it too. Yeah, James is still still out there doing it. And he doesn't play anything but the huge auditoriums. You know, I don't think he played any place that had less than twenty-five thousand in the crowd when I was on the road with him.
0: Yeah. I remember hearing um my sister, my older sister was big into him when I was growing up as a kid hearing uh, you know, all that um fire and rain and yeah. All those songs, yeah.
1: Yeah, he had a whole ton of them, and I'm really proud of the guy. I love him, and uh, I appreciate him asking me to go on the road with him. You know, it was wonderful. So I still go out with the originals. Uh, if Quincy ever needed me, I'd be out there. Even Stevie, I'd go out on the road with him if he ever wanted me to. Excellent.
0: Well, I think we've uh, covered uh, an amazing 50-year career as, best, as yeah. best we can. I mean, wow, unbelievable, uh, Jim. Uh, thank you so okay. much for, for sharing with me and sharing it with uh, my viewers. And uh, thank oh, you so welcome. much for all you've, you've contributed to music for all of us to enjoy so much over these years.
1: Well, thank you for asking me to do that. You know, I don't mind it at all
0: and uh thank you also for persevering with uh little technical challenges we had
1: but we got through it that's that's a lack of knowledge technical (laughs) knowledge on my part (laughs) that's okay
0: well i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did not only was he a pleasure to talk to but learning more about his life and his encyclopedia-like musical knowledge was just tremendous so as we wrap up this edition of truth and rhythm Another huge thanks to my special guest, Mr. Jim Gilstrap, arguably the most accomplished session singer of his generation. Also, sincere thank you to the viewers and listeners. Be sure to be on the lookout for upcoming Truth and Rhythm episodes and catch up with previous installments at FunkinStuff.net on YouTube, iTunes, and other leading podcast providers. And we want to hear from you. Drop us a line. Write me at ScottG at FunkinStuff.net let me know what you like, who you want to see. I've been getting a lot more emails lately, and I really appreciate it. Some great, great feedback from everybody. Lastly, please subscribe to Truth and Rhythm. If you've already done so, please get friends and family to subscribe. It's all about keeping that Truth and Rhythm party train rolling to keep the funk, jazz, r&b soul music, memories, legacies, artists, the great music. Keep it alive, support it. Much appreciated. So, with that, until next time, this is Scott, Dr. GX, saying keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one.